1: And welcome back to the first cat podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson, and we are coming to you as we previewed in our uh, Masters Recap after getting to hang IRL in person at Pinehurst. And we'll recap uh, some of the highlights of that as well as get into our RBC Heritage uh, Picks Expectations, a tournament that I, I find myself, honestly, a little more excited than I was uh, initially just based on the, the way the golf schedule goes, but Kyle, after what let's see 14 days away from home 15 days away from home 12 12, 12. okay yeah. y- you've returned um you're you're back in the content shed what did wait
2: hold on there's a name for it the take shed right the take shed yeah i like content shed as well that's pretty good i've never heard that
1: well because you're doing podcasts you're doing your hq and i assume that with everything else that you have to juggle a lot of uh, a lot of the good writing gets done there too
2: Yeah, I got my standing desk out here. I'm just pounding the keyboard, just banging out takes, and uh, yeah, it's good to be home. Um, I I mean, I I, I, we were driving home from the airport last night, and I told my wife like, if I feel like I'm in another world, like being back in Dallas, like I'm like, do I still live here? Like, is (laughs) is this my home? (laughs) I was just so used to the routine of waking up, you know, right off Washington Road in Augusta, and driving to the course, and Then obviously getting to play Pinehurst the last couple of days, it's just, it's, it's like a weird experience being back home.
1: And like having to fall back into, uh, you know, the, the, the conversations go from media members to your children and it means it's probably getting smarter than the conversations you had with media
2: members. (laughs) Yeah, that that's the joke. I was trying to think of a joke in my head as you said that, but that you you nailed it right there. It's, uh, <laughs> they have better they have better tiger takes than a lot of people I've talked to.
1: Has there been any <laughs> lingering? Uh, you know, because it you you wrote your ass off on Sunday, and we we talked about it a little bit uh, in that last episode of the podcast, and the. You know, as as there's been more fallout, I've done a couple of radio hits, you know, there's there's been more written, more conversations. Has there been any change in sort of the way that you view it? I mean, there's a couple of days of perspective now. We're recording on Wednesday, April seventeenth. There's been some time to digest it and and survey across the landscape, read some of the other things that have been written from that time. I mean, what's has there been anything that stood out to you or that's that's been new or changed in terms of how you're taking in Tigers win?
2: You, you know, the thing that I've been thinking about, Chip, and this is probably going to sound really weird and bizarre, uh, and, and I'm kind of workshopping and writing this for Wednesday or Thursday, but I've thought a lot, like, so last week we talked about Brooks Kepka's body a lot, right? Like, just the weight loss and, like, just, it felt like there were just Brooks Kepka body jokes every day. Right. Like, what 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 are we doing? But, you know, it's, it's um, I've actually been thinking about Tiger's body a lot. And I know that sounds like just uh, it, even saying it out loud sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> it's, it's a sh- good soundbite to clip for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Can't <laughs> wait for that. But thinking about him showing up to the 97 masters, like, and Brando Chamblee said this before, just talking about how like the perfect golf body, right? So like thin, but like wide shoulders, long arms, great hands, just the whole, just perfect. And he, and he combined that with a mind and a kind of a, uh, an emotional side that was pretty much also perfect. And to see that body sort of evolve and break and like ebb and flow throughout the years. And to see that same body, win a master's 22 years later, it's just, it's, it's such a, and I, I, I don't know, like I, it's just, it's almost unfathomable because like at ni- in ninety seven, you're like, okay, I I get it, right? Like, I, I when when you combine that he's probably like a a, a bo- like a genius as a boy, um, with that body, you're like, I I understand this. I mean, sort of, like it was still like crazy, but you, you sort of like understand it. But I think people are not giving enough credit to or paying enough attention to the the fact that yeah, he's still a genius, but the body is like, I mean, it is cooked. I mean, it's still there, but it's just so different. And to win it twenty-two years apart—I mean, it's it's insane. It's crazy. Well, the it, fact that I think I think it's fact, easily. Oh, go ahead. Well, just the fact that he like has done like all the things that have happened to that body, and then to come back at forty-three, and uh, and and to win it again is just—I—I—it's I, almost like. There's no possible. It, it, there's no possible way to overrate what he's done. I think that
1: we overlook, um, we overlook and underappreciate what you're pointing out because of things that are inherent to the game of golf you know like the game of golf is a game you should be able to play your whole life right yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. golf and tennis And, and um you know the the game of golf really does lend itself to things that are mental mystical and spiritual and in in the eyes of a lot of people like tiger woods soul and his mind you know they've been battered and tattered through the the life's experience but you know there's there's still that same uh, essence and energy inside of him. And so the, the expectations have maintained the same. It is like the, the way that golf is talked about as a mental game and the way that golf is talked about as a game you should play forever has made the, the physical aspects of what we've seen from this evolution that you're talking about something that I think is definitely overlooked and underappreciated.
2: There's a great, and I might include this in my piece, but there's a great Tanashi Coates uh, quote. Did you read uh, Between the World and Me? I should. I have not read it yet. It's awesome. But he says so. There's a quote in there. He says the spirit and the soul, are the body and the brain, which are destructible, and that is precisely why are they why they are so precious. And I think that sort of encapsulates what you're talking about. That like we just envision like oh well, it's golf. Like any you know you can do it forever and whatever. Um, but you can't, and especially at that level, you can't, Right. and we've seen the destruction both to a body, like what Tiger's done to his body, his back, his knees, all these things. And then what he's done with it, you know, through the tabloids and through just everything that has happened. And, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like that's the sort of thread that I've been pulling the last couple of days. Is that, is that weird to say? No. Not at all. I mean, it's because it's an aspect
1: of this that is, again, underappreciated and overlooked. And when we're taking a story that's going to be beaten to death on the surface level, I mean, isn't that your job? Isn't that what at least like what you would hold yourself to that kind of uh, at least pushing it a little bit farther and, and trying to, you know, pull a little bit on a thread that no one else is looking at right now?
2: Yeah, that that's the thing for me is like it feels... I mean, it feels like this again, this sounds crazy, but it feels a little like risky to like talk about this or to even like write about it or whatever. Cause you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like I read, uh, Joe Posnansky. he wrote about, he wrote about the entire 2019 masters from the perspective of the 12th hole as if he was the 12th hole. And it's, that's so risky. Like it's so hard to do. It's, it's impossible, honestly. Like I, I, I would not be able to do it, but he did it really well, um, And so like, yeah, like I, I think that when, and and I wrote this sort of mainstream deal on Sunday, but to kind of dive deeper and think about it from a different angle, it feels weird. It feels a little risky, but it, it, I think it's, I think there's something there and I, and I want to kind of try to like parse through it in my writing and, um, I don't know, just even talking about it, I think is super interesting.
1: Um, speaking of, uh, golf being a timeless sport that you can play forever. Uh, let's highlight, we, we can run through this. We got a lot of different ways to attack it, but first of all, our thanks to Pinehurst Resort and Country Club, uh, for an incredible opportunity. We got Pinehurst number two, a full 18. We got nine holes on Pinehurst number four. We did two runs around the cradle, which was absolutely spectacular and kind of perfect for, I think where we were at physically and mentally, uh, at that point in the trip. Um, what, what were a
2: couple of the highlights for you? Well, uh, so there was one at each course. So number two, we played at dusk on uh, what day? I, I don't. I have no. It idea was Monday. What day it is Monday. We were the last group and, off.
1: Hey, we closed down number two on Monday.
2: Yeah, and those last four holes, I mean, that's that's as good as it gets. Like the sun, the sun setting. I got a great picture of of uh, we played with Brendan Porath and Sean Martin got a great picture of poor putting on the 16th with the sun kind of setting behind him. It was, it was so peaceful. So good. So to me it was those last, you know, four or five holes on Monday at number two, I thought number four. So that's a, I think it's a Gil Hans, uh, redesign came in and yeah, redid it and everything. I thought four was awesome. Like, I think it's a little bit wonkier or crazier than number two but I loved it. Like some of the the green complexes and some of the holes like it was we didn't get to play the the back nine but I thought it was great. And then the cradle was sick. I could have put could have done the cradle all day. I mean, I was like checking my flight, like what time I had to be there. I was like let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was uh that was sweet. It was just so relaxed. And, uh, you know, you take around this bag, you only have like four clubs in it. And, uh, we're trying to post a number the second time around. It, it was just, and then they had the, uh, the putting area where you can like, it's like this super hilly and extremely contoured green. Like you, you can play 18 holes like of a putting contest. And I don't know, man, the whole experience was very, I, I guess I was shocked at how laid back and relaxed and fun it was. And maybe that's just coming from a place like Augusta, which is obviously great for its own reasons, but this was just so chill and so, you know, kind of kind of different. It was it was a it was an awesome experience.
1: I, I think that listening to the three of y'all who Sean Martin, Brenda Poor, I think yourself, who have all played at a lot of elite golf courses and golf clubs and sort of seen, you know, what that upper tier looks like. It, you know, from my own experience and and listening to some of y'all's reaction, I think that one of my takeaways is that Pinehurst does a really good job of making elite golf accessible, right, to anybody.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and it's not. Yeah, you're playing number two, and you're like, wow, I've had U.S. Opens here. They got a U.S.A.M. here, but but it does. It feels like you're just playing you know like not it's not just another round obviously because it's very special but it, it it's it's you don't feel like you're walking on eggshells which i think matters like it makes the experience it makes the walk r- super enjoyable so um I think you would probably like the way the course is designed like the course go ahead go go ahead I was just gonna say the course itself is designed in a way that's like yeah this is great but it's not perfect like the way the sand kind of rolls into the fairways and there's not you know these like clean sleek lines like you it's like just go enjoy it you know that's kind of like what the course tells you to do
1: um now i think you would probably you probably beat me in stroke play but one of us went one and one in match play the other one did not
2: yeah i i mean i i you could have pulled f- 50 random people from the club for, from the course on Monday and I would have got beaten by all of them in match play. Oh <laughs> um, just every single one of them. Yeah. Because you,
1: you said the, uh, you, you said those last holes, they were great, but, um, I think that's where I got the, I, I hit the bogey putt on 15, maybe to get yeah. Porath and I the, the hole there. And then, on eighteen, I find like after being in the trees, I I think I hit the first two fairways, and then the next ten fairways, I was either in a waste <laughs> bunker
2: or in the trees. You know, I and, almost ki- I almost killed someone on eighteen. I almost <laughs> hit it into the. There's Dude, like people you
1: launched your approach shot into the clubhouse.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. I don't know what I was just like. So I hadn't slept, and it was it was awful. It, it was cool though because. So after that, we went and just grabbed some beers and just went to the putting green and just hung out basically until we couldn't see anything anymore. Like we we're just putting all over the place and people are out there until dark. I presume every night. I mean, I would be out there every night if I was, if I was staying there. So yeah, shout out to, uh, to Piners for, for having us over. I uh, got to stay in the, the hotel, which was cool. And it was just, yeah, it was just the best experience. It, it was really, really cool.
1: All right, we've given them plenty of free, uh, free love here, but it was it was very cool. We would recommend it for anyone. Put it on your uh, your golf bucket list. Uh, it's it's a it's a great getaway.
3: All right, we will turn our attention ahead to the RBC Heritage right after this. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. for some reason,
1: I have always kind of had this tournament, you know, the week after the Masters. I I, I don't give it maybe the respect it deserves, but one, two, three, four, five. there might be 21 of my favorite golfers on the PGA Tour that are out here, out there in action right now.
2: Twenty-one? Hold on.
1: Ben On, Daniel Berger, RCB, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson, Duffner, Fleetwood, Chesson, DJ, Siwoo, Kiz, Danny Lee, but mostly just because we looked at his old USAM win recently, Mark Leishman, Frankie, Poulter, Xander, Weber, Cameron Smith, Sneds, Spieth, Harold Vartner. It's kind of a
2: sick field. It's a very sick field. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think part of it is like, you get a, you get a lot of these RBC guys like DJ playing in a, in a tournament he wouldn't normally play in cause it's the week after a major, but you also get like non RBC guys, like, um, not to be confused with RCB by the way, like, uh, Spieth and Fleetwood and Bryson. And it's an interesting course, you know, it's, it's, um, it's so short, obviously the greens are so small that, you know, I think you have to be either an elite iron player or you have to have a great week uh, chipping and putting, like cleaning stuff up around the greens. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what it does to like DJ's length or Bryson's length. Like is that, you know, DJ finished, I think, T16 here last year. But is that sort of, is that length sort of negated because it's such a small course, because there are these kind of weird dog legs where you can't, you know, cover the number that you could normally cover. I, I think it, I think, I think tournaments are interesting when it brings everybody into play guys like Kevin Kisner, Luke Donald and, and, uh, you know, Jim Furyk even, I think. Oh yeah. The, those guys being in play with DJ and speed and Bryson and Fleetwood is, is fascinating.
1: Uh, Jim Furyk winner of this event in twice,
2: twice, 10 and 15.
1: Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, who do you, keep, what are some of the storylines that you're,
2: you're keeping an eye on? Uh, I mean, honestly, like you've got a lot of guys that finished high up on the, on the masters leaderboard, DJ T two, uh, Francesco finished. What did he finish? T five. I think mm-hmm. web T 5 Cantley T nine Xander T two. I mean, it's, you've got like the entire leaderboard here, except for tiger and, uh, Brooks. um, so I think just seeing how those guys rebound, I think Spieth, I'm so fascinated by Spieth. I followed him at Augusta, and I, he just seemed so lost. I mean, just no clue. And then he finishes T21, and it just, I'm so impressed. I've said this multiple times. I think I said it on Sunday, but I'm so impressed by the grind, and at some point, it's going to click, and maybe it's this week. Who knows?
1: Uh. Oh so no, yeah, no, wait, that, wait, wait. Before you move on, uh, on Spieth, I i uh i just experienced the joy of watching you workshop a tweet irl when you you dropped the bird box meme joke in person oh yeah and then yeah. followed it up on twitter and i was like "Ooh, that nice I was part of the workshop audience of that that yeah,
0: worked
2: <laughs> i love i love workshopping stuff like either in text or slack or irl and then throwing it out there but uh yeah, and then in addition to that, probably probably Bryson. You know, I, I thought he was pretty disappointing last week, the way he faded uh, on the weekend. Well, I guess on Friday, really, and then into the weekend. Uh, but he's played great here. He's got a couple top tens. He almost won it last time he played great at the Masters, which was 16. He came here, first start as a pro. I think he finished T4 or T5. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see him this week. Who's your pick to win? I got uh, Tommy, Tommy Locks, Fleetwood. He's so good. He's a uh, top 50, or excuse me, I think top 40 in both approach shots and uh, strokes gained around the green. So I just, I feel like he's going to be, I feel like, you know, he's playing a different schedule this year. A lot of tournaments we haven't seen him play, but I think he's going to kill here. I think he's going to be awesome. And he didn't, he didn't have that stress that some of the other top guys had of, you know, mentally trying to contend at the Masters last week because he wasn't really in it. So I think that'll be kind of beneficial to him this week.
1: I I'm a little bit and, and you know maybe this is a too much like I I've, I've been maybe too dialed in to Fleetwood or picking him too often or or thinking like thinking too much about um you know when this is go, some incredible leap is going to happen for Fleetwood but I'm I think that he has dropped like with with everyone continuing to jump up and the the top of the world rankings or, or just sort of the the twelve who matter, I don't. I think that Fleetwood for a hot second might have been one of the twelve who matter, and I don't know if he is right now. And it's so fascinating how quick we are with our attention spans, or just you know how much room we have or oxygen we have available, and how much of that gets dominated by Tiger. But Tommy Fleetwood's talent has not changed. His performances and results have, or at least you know they haven't been bad but that we haven't seen that four consistent rounds go up and win a tournament type stuff but man that's uh like i i don't think that tommy fleetwood would just be a, a run of the mill player i think he, his raw talent and his ball striking is too good but i think a win would do a lot to sort of boost him back up in in the consciousness of the golf fan
2: yeah, I agree. And you know, we talk all the time, like, who's the best guy without a major? And you're like, okay, what you know, whatever. Um but the thing I was thinking about today, who's the best guy that's never won on the PGA tour? I mean, it's gotta be him, right? It's gotta be. Who who else I mean,
1: is in consideration? All right, wait, hold on. <laughs> Can we throw out Puerto Rico for Fino? Or does he get to hold on to Finau to not be included in this list? Yeah,
2: well that yeah, that that's that's a good point. Um yeah, I don't even know. It's got to be some other. Hold on, let me pull up the World Golf Rankings because it's got to be some other Europeans. I mean, yeah, the the Puerto Rico thing. It, you know, whatever. So yeah, that I would I would throw I guess Finao in there. Uh, let's see, Cantlay's won what once or twice, so he's out. I I mean I don't even know. Like all everybody has Cam Smith won.
1: He was, uh, he won the match play Zurich or maybe not the Zurich, uh, but yeah. he won with uh, Scott Piercy. Not maybe. I don't know. I forgot who his partner was, but
2: <laughs> I don't remember either. Uh RCB Rafa Cabrera Bay is up there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alex Noren. So, you know, you, you get a lot of European guys. Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, Hao Tong Lee to me is up there. Um, has Barn Rat won on the PGA Tour? I don't think he has here debt so yeah it's mostly non-americans but uh, certainly fleet was the the best among them
1: elite a win would be good for him um who who do you have in consideration for your top 10 lock
2: uh i've got cantlay he's finished top 10 here each of the last two years uh he almost stole the masters that that w- we were getting into a situation with cantlay where i was thinking because he was pretty far ahead of tiger And so I'm thinking, okay, he eagles 15. If he gets in at 12 and then the weather comes, this is going to be, this, this is going to be not great because you're going to have a situation where I can't like, yeah, he played great, but it's a, it's like a bizarre ending with the weather and the wind. And that would have just been crazy. But all that to say, he was awesome at Augusta first top 10 in a major and uh, I think he's probably the most underrated ball striker in the world. Hmm.
1: The most?
2: Uh, I mean, the like ball. The, I think it's. E- I think it's either him or Tiger.
1: With with Tiger's ball striking being underrated, just because everyone goes crazy over all the other aspects of his game or just, like, not even tuned into the fact that that's why he's super successful.
2: Yeah. Mm. Tiger's, like... Tiger was the best iron player on the PGA Tour last year. Nobody nobody talks about that. Tommy Fleetwood's one of the best iron players. I know. Cantlay was... Uh, let's see here. Cantlay last season was 19th. In approach shots, this season he is twenty fourth. Season before last, he was twenty fifth. He's just he's a top twenty five iron player in the world. And um, I don't feel like he gets talked about like that.
1: barn Barnrat, by the way, this is, <laughs> his uh, statistical profile through only nineteen measured rounds in twenty nineteen, but he's two hundred and third strokes gained around the green. 138th strokes gained. Oh, strokes gained approach. 203. 138 strokes gained around the green. 100 second. 162nd strokes gained tee to green. Good gosh.
2: Seriously. Yeah. That's atrocious. 35th strokes gained putting. That's not good. I didn't realize he was that bad his st- in
1: those categories. <laughs> yeah, his st- his uh, strokes gained stat profile does not suggest elite golfer, but yet he will something, pop Something up. tells me
2: that, yeah, something tells me Barn Rat doesn't do a lot of, like, strokes gained deep dives. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> what's that something that tells you that? Is it everything? Yeah, it's pretty much all the things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, negative strokes gained approach around the green, tee to green, and slightly negative strokes gained total 114th.
2: I don't know that Barnrat's going to the range and being like, Man, I gotta I gotta get my stroke stand around the green up. It's it's not good. No. I think I think I think Barnrat just goes in balls, which I love.
1: That's right. Best finishes this year. T three in Mexico, T four in HSBC. Shout out to those WGCs. And he uh he might
2: he might be a, a big game hunter. He's Thailand's big game hunter. T twenty three at uh the Arnold Palmer. What did he finish at Augusta?
1: Um, let's see.
2: I've got it right. T forty nine. Oh man, fade harder, Barnrat. That's yeah. not good. After sixty nine dropped uh, 72, 75,
1: seventy two, seventy five, seventy three. No, this actually this is big game hunter because his best two thousand eighteen results were WGC uh match play T five, WGC Mexico, T he's got back to back top five finishes in Mexico. And then yeah, uh, is, T13 at the memorial.
2: He plays those big money, no cut events and just crushes. That's <laughs> that's, that's the barn rat life. What a life to live.
1: All right. Uh, you got to always watch CBS Sports HQ, cbsportshq.com. Kyle's about to go jump on it right now, uh, as always. So uh, be sure you check in with that. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, head to his Twitter feed to check out some photos of us just just hamming it up for the cameras just a couple just a bunch of influencers
2: just out there on the (laughs)
1: scene
2: (laughs) kyle thank you very much thanks chip talk to you later